Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Explore and Engage with Anam. Crime is on the rise in liberal cities. Let me mention a few names. New York City. You already know about it. There's a lot of crime in New York City and in Chicago and in San Francisco. I've talked about San Francisco before. There is a lot of crime happening in San Francisco. And it's not just San Francisco. There are many other places in California, a liberal state, in many places in California where business owners are suffering because of widespread crime. Shoplifters are stealing products and business owners are facing losses. Many of the business owners who are being hurt due to widespread crime, are immigrants. There are many business owners who came to the United States as immigrants and they came here to pursue the American dream. They invested money. They are working hard. But unfortunately, they are becoming victims of various forms of property-related crimes because thieves and burglars are coming into their businesses and stealing products, and these business owners are suffering financially as a result. When someone talks about defunding the police and letting criminals out of jail easily, remember that many of the victims are immigrants and other members of the minority community. There are many Hispanics, many African Americans, many Asian Americans, who are, who are business owners, and they came to the United States to work hard, but they are suffering because they live in liberal cities where their businesses continue to face losses because of criminals, criminals who are stealing from these businesses. So what should elected officials do? Elected officials must provide resources to law enforcement agencies so that they can combat crime and create a safe environment where business owners can work hard and can thrive. And let me remind you once again, many of the business owners who are being hurt because of widespread crime, many of these business owners are immigrants and members of the minority community. Anyone who supports defunding the police will definitely change one's mind if he or she becomes a victim of crime. And there are examples. There are examples of individuals who wanted to defund the police, but then when that person himself or herself became a victim of crime, then they started to realize that, no, police should not be defunded. Police should be given the resources that they need to combat crime. This defunding the police, I mean, you hear this slogan, you've heard it before, I'm sure. This this defunding the police, this is an absolutely ridiculous idea. It makes no sense. Defunding police means reducing the safety in our community. Defunding law enforcement agencies would make criminals stronger and more aggressive. So we must always support our men and women of law enforcement 
and provide them with the resources and the funding that they need to combat crime. My friends, let me talk about a different topic now. You may remember, not too long ago, many people, many hardworking Americans lost their jobs because they refused to take the COVID vaccine. In New York City, 10 teachers who were fired by New York City Department of Education for refusing the COVID-19 vaccine, those 10 teachers have won a legal battle. A New York judge said that these 10 employees must be reinstated with back pay. And this is a, vic- this is a victory for freedom-loving Americans who wish to make their own healthcare decisions. But think about the pain and suffering that these 10 teachers went through. Why did these 10 innocent Americans have to go through a lengthy legal battle and go through so much of stress? They are innocent, and yet they had to go through a lot of pain and suffering. I am glad that these 10 teachers have won the legal battle and that they must now be reinstated with back pay. But let's not forget the suffering that these people went through. They should never have been fired. Every human being must be able to make their own healthcare decisions. We are a free country, and freedom means that you should be able to make your own healthcare decision without any kind of without the government interfering in one's personal matters. There are many Americans out there who were fired for refusing the COVID-19 vaccine. We must protect the freedom of religion, and a person, for religious or other personal reasons, should have every right to refuse a vaccine. Healthcare is a personal thing, and no government agency should dictate people No government agency should force people to take a vaccine that they don't want to. My friends, let me switch to another topic. I was thinking a few days ago, I was thinking about all the governors that we have here in the United States, different states, different governors. And I was thinking, who is the best governor in America? And there are some great governors. Depending on who you ask, you're going to get a different answer. I think if you make a list of the best governors in America, I think Governor Greg Abbott of Texas is among them. Greg Abbott is a prominent name. I think he's a great leader and he has been doing a lot. He's working really hard to combat illegal immigration. So I think he is definitely one of the best governors we have in the United States. And then there's also Kristi Noem, the governor of South Dakota, who I think is a solid conservative governor. She has also recently endorsed uh, former President Donald Trump in in the race for the White House for the 2024 presidential election. 
And so Christy Nome, definitely a great governor. And there are speculations that she may be a possible candidate for vice president. I guess we have to wait and find out. But Greg Abbott and Christy Nome are two amazing governors. And there are other wonderful governors. So um, I just want to hear your thoughts. Who do you think is the best governor in the United States? Share with me your thoughts. You can go to tossifanam.net. You can send me a message. You can also connect with me on social media. And let me know who you think is the best governor in America. My friends, in Chicago, migrants, these, these foreign nationals who crossed the southern border to enter the United States, and they then they chose uh, to be in Chicago because Chicago is a sanctuary city. Many migrants are being housed at O'Hare Airport. O'Hare is one of the most major airports in the country. And now, many migrants are being housed at the airport. Reportedly, more than 400 migrants are now staying at a section of O'Hare. I I think we all know that major airports are already pretty congested. Travelers at many big airports go through a lot of hassle. These airports are busy. There are always uh, travelers coming in and and departing from these airports. And, and, And especially when there are delays and cancellations of flights, travelers at these airports face a lot of problems. In fact, if you follow the news, then you know that air travel has become quite painful in some cases for a lot of people because of all these delays and cancellations, and there are lots of other problems. And and so airports are already pretty busy places, and in many cases, airports are very congested. So going back to the issue of migrants being housed at O'Hare, how how is this even possible? How can people be housed at an airport? And for how long will this arrangement continue at O'Hare Airport? My friends, I want to hear your thoughts, so please share with me what you think. Go to tossifanam.net, send me a message, sign up for my e-newsletter. You can also connect with me on social media. That's all for today. Uh, Thank you for continuing to listen to my podcast, and I hope to be back again soon with a new episode of Explore and Engage with Anam.